Keon Brooks has reportedly entered his name into the transfer portal. Why, though? We talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking about Keon Brooks entering the transfer portal, Baylor Shireman, Probably not looking at the Wildcats as a legitimate option. That's a transfer from South Dakota State that Kentucky's been looking at. And then finally, we've got a conversation with Kentucky quarterback Bo Allen coming up. Make sure that you don't miss that. Really good stuff about the Wildcats, their program, where they're headed. Stuff about NIL, Mark Stoops, his coaching style, how the offense is progressing. All of that and more coming up on the show. Make sure you don't miss that. But I wanted to start here today with the most confusing topic uh, of the uh, of the week. And we've got so much going on in the Kentucky sphere that we've got more things that we have to talk about tomorrow, like Jai Lucas um, leaving Kentucky, uh, Brad Calipari getting a job elsewhere. You know, there's just, there's a lot of things going on at Kentucky right now. But I wanted to start off with the most interesting piece of news, in my opinion, maybe outside of Jai Lucas, Keon Brooks has entered his name into the transfer portal. Now, we may be talking about this here on Monday, but this happened a couple of days ago. I believe it was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been Friday night. Um, But it just really confusing news to me. Because when you look at Kentucky's roster right now, they've only got nine scholarship players. Joke's on me for saying, oh, well, maybe Kentucky could run the platoon system. Well, they can't technically right now because they got nine stinking players on scholarship. Um, which, by the way, uh, we, we talked about the platoon system and whether or not Kentucky should bring it back on last week's Friday episode. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it ever will happen. Just a fun hypothetical. But anyway, point being, Keon Brooks is gone, and I thought that he had a starting role on this team. I thought he had his role carved out. He knew what he was doing. He was doing it well. I, I don't understand the decision to want to go elsewhere, and he entered this, his name into the NBA draft, right? He decided that he was going to be testing the NBA waters. Uh, Jacob Toppin, who plays the same position as uh, as Keon Brooks' power forward, elected that he would be returning uh, immediately in the Kentucky sphere. Some of the some of the beat writers were already saying, "Yeah, I don't really think that Toppin's co- or excuse me Brooks is coming back," and uh, they they just didn't really think it was a possibility and. I've seen several of you on YouTube here comment about Keon Brooks and his future with the Wildcats before this uh, this news was announced, and some of you said, and I responded to it, it's like, what would be the point of him entering the transfer portal heading into one of his last years in college where he has a role on a team that needs him, Right. Like, we, we, we would take him at the four, starting at the four. And I know a lot of people want to make a big deal about the way that he shot at times last year. And I, I, I know a lot of people want to make a big deal about the decision-making. I'm not a huge fan of the two-point jumper myself, but he's the king of it. He was shooting really well at times last season. And whenever he wasn't shooting great, it still wasn't like an end-of-the-world performance. I mean, he was one of the most efficient players on the team, at least in my opinion. So I, I think that he had a spot 
I think he had a spot. I, I, if somebody can out, out there can help me understand why he wanted to leave to go somewhere else to play, uh, let me know because he was getting his buckets. He was getting his shots, right? It wasn't like he was being limited to six or seven shots a night. Dude was shooting like 12 a game sometimes. It's like, it, it, bro, we saw what you did against Kansas. Like, you were set up to have a successful end to your collegiate career, why would you potentially risk that by going somewhere else? And I don't know right now where he could potentially land up. I've just heard, you know, it's been put out there that he has entered the transfer portal. Kyle Tucker, Matt Jones, people on Twitter that you know talking about this thing. And I just keep going back to, okay, I'm trying to rationalize why he would want to leave, and I just can't. He was getting minutes. He was getting his touches. He had a role. He was starting... And he was playing well. I, I, I don't understand. And, and it's not like I'm like I'm angry. Like I like, you know what? Go go get whatever you're looking for, dude. Like I hope you have a successful into your to your uh, collegiate career, but like you could have had that here. And maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe I'm just completely off. I I, I don't know, but it's a weird, weird situation to me. Just a weird situation. A little bit less weird of a situation when I talk about Baylor Shireman and Kentucky and the mutual interest there and where it has gone. Want to discuss that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations to make sure you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars, they're both healthy and and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. And with Built Bar, you can have both. It's so easy. And they've got these new things called Puffs. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're absolutely fantastic. And they've got all these different new flavors. Banana cream pie. We've talked about this recently on the show. Churro. They've got a they've got a built bar that's flavored like a churro. Who doesn't want that? We've hyped up cookies and cream here on the show. They've got a lot of really, really good flavors, and they're all really good for you. Got a lot of protein, low in calorie, low in sugar, low in net carbs, really, really good for you as well. And you can go to built.com right now and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, moving along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, would really appreciate it if you subscribed. A lot of people, a lot of people coming to the channel recently and not hitting that subscribe button. If you want consistent Kentucky content this offseason, I would highly encourage you to subscribe. Going to be talking about a lot of things that you guys are talking about. Going to be asking you guys questions. Going to be talking about different things you want to hear on the show. So subscribe. And if you're listening on podcast format, you can follow us. You can hit those notifications so that you get notified whenever we put out a podcast every single day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really fun offseason. I'm looking forward to it. Baylor Shireman and Kentucky have reportedly lost mutual interest. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic has put this out here on Twitter, says that Baylor Shireman reportedly wants NIL deals and wants a more featured role on the team, and it seems like Kentucky went after him early. Props to them for doing so. 
And now that they've kind of discussed, okay, well, this is where we think you should be, and Baylor Shireman's and his and his agent are saying, well, this is where we believe that he should be. It seems that there has been uh, a dissipation of the mutual interest there uh, between Shireman and the Wildcats. And to be honest with you, if the kid wants NIL deals and he wants to be featured on the team and he wants to be able to get those minutes and to get those buckets and he doesn't see Kentucky as the viable option to do so, I understand and can appreciate that. I'll just say a couple of things. It's crazy that... It, it's crazy to me that NIL gets brought up consistently in conversations like this. For instance, uh, Miami's Isaiah Wong came out the other day and said that he was going to transfer if he didn't get more NIL money, which is just insane to me. But it's just crazy that these conversations are now being ha- ha- uh, had out in the open. It's like, we know that things like this have been happening under the hood for quite some time, not just in basketball, but in football as well in terms of pay- players Getting money. Uh, but but it's just crazy to see. It's like now that it's okay, it's crazy to see. Well, it's like, well, Shireman, somebody that was averaging 17 a game and was playing really well for the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State, coming out and saying, you know what? I think I want a little money to go along with this deal. And the fact that you can't give me enough minutes and the NIL deals I want, I think I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. I think I'm taking my talents to South Beach or wherever he wants to go. And I, that's cool. It's just Crazy to me that those are the discussions that are happening. It's just, we're so early in this process of NIL that it's just hard to, it's just weird. It's just hard to adjust to. But I'll also say this, if we're talking about having a featured role on the team, I don't necessarily know how you want to define that, but to me, it's not only starting, but also getting the bulk of the shots, right? And getting the bulk of possessions. He was used over 20% of possessions at South Dakota State. I don't know if Kentucky would have the ability to give that to him uh, if he were to come to the Wildcats. You look at Kentucky's roster right now, they've only got nine scholarship players. But let's just look up and down it here. You've got Severe Wheeler at point. You've got Cason Wallace as a combo guard. C.J. Frederick as a shooting guard. Antonio Reeves, likely as a shooting guard, could slide down to the three if he's needed to. Chris Livingston, living somewhere between the four and the three. I would play him at the four. Cal might play him at the three. We're just going to have to see there. Jacob Toppin, Damian Collins, Lance Ware, Oscar Shibway. The fact that Baylor Shireman is six foot six and he is not able to look at this roster and say, I can find a, at least a starting role where I get a significant amount of minutes, it, specifically at small forward at the three. That confuses me a little bit. Maybe he just identifies himself more as like, no, I, I'm going to play the two. Like, that, that's what I'm going to do. But, I mean, you are big enough to play the three, and the guy that would likely be starting in this situation currently, at least in my opinion, would be Chris Livingston. At least that's just the way it looks right now until Kentucky gets another transfer, and they're going to have to do so like they've got to do so. Um, that's not just me saying they have to and then they can they can afford not to. They've got to do that. But yeah, Chris Livingston like right now would be the guy at the three, and I just think that there's room for Baylor Shireman to come slot in and... Get his shots up. Now, the question is, how many shots is he going to be able to take with guys like Antonio Reeves and Oscar Sheeway on roster already? I don't know. And quite frankly, if I were Shireman, I would, that, that would be my turnoff. It, you would get, I, he would get his minutes, right? But it would just be the fact that you've got a couple of other players that 
are accustomed to taking a high volume of shots, um, you know, would you have the ability to find yours? Um, but he could get his minutes. I think he could get his NIL deals as well. Um, that's neither here nor there, though. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, but I just want to focus here on the roster for a second. He could if he wanted to. And then also, if we're talking about him wanting to go win a national title being a factor, he could do that as well with this team. I mean, this team would be juiced. It would be really, really hype. Really, really exciting to see. Um, but yeah, Baylor Shireman deciding that he may want to take his talents elsewhere. I get it, but at the same time, a little confused. But, I mean, he, he's probably looking for a very specific situation, a very specific fit, and uh, best of luck to him wherever he goes. All right, we've got a conversation with Kentucky quarterback Bo Allen coming up. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. We've got a conversation with Kentucky quarterback Bo Allen. Uh, asked him a lot of different questions about NIL, about Stoops' coaching style, about just the progression through the offseason. Asked him what his mo- most anticipated game on the schedule is. Had an interesting answer there. All of that and more coming up. And let's go ahead and kick it to our conversation with Kentucky quarterback Bo Allen. We are now excited to be joined by a very special guest, Bo Allen, quarterback for the Kentucky Wildcats. Bo, really appreciate you coming on to talk here for a few minutes. I wanted to ask you just off rip about something that's been really important to the college football landscape. NIL, something that has been a huge adjustment for college athletics as a whole over the past year and a half or so. A lot of different teams having to adjust, a lot of different teams implementing different things at different places, but how has it impacted you guys at Kentucky? I would say, I mean, within the locker room, I think we've got a great group of guys around here in our locker room. That it doesn't really affect too much when I work coming to work and every day coming to football and getting in the facility. I don't think it really makes much of a difference at all. I know some people around the world, it may not be like that everywhere, but we got a lot of great people. We got some great leaders and we got a great coaching staff that kind of keeps us, keeps our head, keeps our head straight within that aspect, but off the field, it helps out a lot of people. And then just what kind of how we can help businesses, organizations or whatever, and how they can help us. It's been great. I think, as long as you kind of got the right morals about everything and you, uh, as long as everybody goes to work the same way every day, I think it's a great thing. And I think it's great that this, the NCAA made a step to get to that point. I think it's kind of, I mean, I know things could change and there could be restrictions or something. I don't know what it's going to be like. I, mean, I can't tell you what just the NIL aspect will be like in the next five to 10 years. I'm sure it'll be similar, but there could be some restrictions or something going on, but you never know. But I, I think around here, it's just been a positive. That's for sure. And overall positive, and I, I agree with what you said there. It's like they're probably – things are going to change, I think, in the future. But as of right now, I think overall it's a, it's a huge benefit uh, for college athletes. Right now, heading into the offseason, a lot of things to work on with the team as a whole. But for you specifically, 
what are some of the things that you want to work on this off off season to try and improve your game? Yeah, I just, overall, I always want to get bigger, faster, and stronger, and uh, just want to be just more comfortable within our offense. We have a very, again, it's very similar to last year, but you know, there's a couple of different kind of techniques that I feel like I've improved on, or a couple more uh, mechanical type things. I've talked with Coach Kangarillo that he's helped me out on along with, but really just getting more comfortable with the offense and being a little bit more quicker and on everything, and just keep on uh, keep on grinding every day, and want to have just come out on the field, come a little bit more bigger, come faster and have more zip on the ball and everything. So I don't know if there's one exact area about like I would sit in. I mean, there's definitely weaknesses. I need to work on more than my strengths, but definitely going to hit it hard on all aspects this, this summer. So far, you've been with the program for a couple of years now. What would you say has been your favorite moment as a Kentucky Wildcat? Yeah, but I mean, definitely, uh, I always want to be on the field, so I know my most my favorite moments may not be the most others. Just but shoot, I mean this this past season there was a lot of great ones. Beating Florida and the way that we did it, it kind of uh, there was a lot of different moments throughout the year. I think there was a couple of games where our defense stood up for us on the offense side. Sometimes we played well, and our defense had the best day in the best day in the season. But I think beating beating Florida was up there. Beating Louisville the way that we did, and kind of how a lot of people probably didn't really understand that we could beat them the way that we did as bad as we did but I think uh, this is definitely with my like the emotions I had in my body the Florida game was pretty pretty intense and uh, I think this past year's Florida game or maybe in the Louisville game this year absolutely uh, and and this is a pretty common question here that you'll you'll hear a lot of different athletes asked about but what is the loudest road environment that you've ever been in yeah, I would say um, uh, this past year, this is my first year is the COVID year. So I, I don't, I don't want to like compare. Like, I just wasn't really as loud as like, it's like we played Alabama, but it wasn't the same kind of Alabama experience they would have when it was full capacity. But probably Georgia this past year, there was a couple of third downs early in that game where I thought it was pretty intense. But South Carolina was right there with them. So they, like, they okay. would get their music going, they get sand, uh, song Sandstorm going. That was pretty cool, but... I would say maybe I would say like Georgia this year when it was three thirty on CBS that game was probably, that was the loudest I've ever been around. What's it like fl- playing for Coach Stoops? Obviously, been with the program for a really long time, veteran guy. What's it like being around him and kind of talk about his coaching style for a second? Yeah, so I mean, it's I think he has such a he developed with how he just handles our everyday kind of work, depending if that's practice, if that's just a workout, or if that's just like a meeting we have. He, um, kind of the mindset he has is that he just, he helps us think like we get to be here instead of more that we have to be here. I just, I've talked to, he's, I see more, he, the way he coaches and the way he handles our program, it's easy, it's much easier for a program to be player-led like we are compared to being, I'd say he treats us with a lot more respect instead of, uh, I'd say some coaches around the world don't treat us with the same kind of, uh, I'm saying like, we're, I guess he's much more relaxed in the kind of sense of all kinds of aspects of our program, but that's because he respects and trusts us and trusts us to trust him and like obey him and just go to work every day. But I think he's just a really, he has a great mindset of, he is really, he lets us do like a lot of what we want to do. And he's, um, whatever we, I think he, he probably 
man to just whenever he thinks he's like, how can I get guys to have more free time instead of how can I get guys to be in the facility more? I think he definitely errs on the side of giving us our time. And compared to what I've seen from other coaches, I think he gives our coaching staff just much more time to be with their families compared to others, and it's paid off for them. I think just I would before I came to college, I, if I were ever be a football coach, just thought about doing, but I would much be much more relaxed and whatever I thought thought I would be coming in here about two or three years ago. But I think he just he has developed such a great culture around this building, and there's such a feeling of that we get to be here instead of we have to be here. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Right, absolutely. And, and you're talking about the culture there, and just talking about the development uh, with this program over the past few years. It's really been a, incredible just to kind of see the climb under Coach Stoops. And heading into this season, y'all have got a lot of really interesting pieces, both on the offense and defense. You look at this schedule, I think it's interesting the way it sets up. Is there a particular game that you're kind of circling, whether it be you're, you really want to play them or it's going to be a pivotal moment potentially for you guys? Is there a game on this schedule that really intrigues you? I don't know if I would say there's exactly one game, but I mean, our goal for this year has wrapped around kind of the position that we got ourselves last year when we had the opportunity to go to the East with the, if we possibly did beat Georgia that year. But we are, uh, I'd say we have to have ourselves, I know we're playing Georgia later in the year normally than what we normally do. But So our goal is to get to that point. And then I think a lot of guys, if you had asked who, what game are you circling this year, it would be Georgia. But we have to be, I think we're going to take it a game at a time and go up until that game. And at that game, once we're past all those weeks, then it'll, Will we have, like we'll want to battle for that SEC spot again? But I'd say most people on this team, including myself, would circle that Georgia game. It's like last year, and uh, just not the year before that, but in that 2018 year. That's that next step we need to have that we've been battling for, and uh, we need to keep on knocking down doors. Yep, absolutely. It's a big battle between uh, you guys and the Bulldogs. I believe happening in November, y'all going to get that game at home. It's going to be really important. I think yes. that's a crucial, crucial matchup, and y'all definitely got a shot at the East. So. I, that, that's one I'm circling as well. I've got one more question for you here, Bo, and then we'll let you get out of here. Your favorite NFL quarterback or somebody in the pros that you model your game after, who would it be? Yeah, um, I would say, like, it's easy to say, like, Tom Brady. I'm one of the biggest Tom Brady fans in the world. I could give you two answers right here, but one person who I think, if I would say I've modeled, I don't know if I've modeled my game, but Coach Scangarello, he coached Nick Mullins from Southern Miss for the 49ers, and he just saw he saw a lot of kind of resemblances of just mechanical things and how we think and how we just react as a quarterback on the field. And I got I watched a lot of his games after Coach Scang told me that, and I could see I could see some similarities. But other than that, I really like Derek Carr. I think he's one of the great like I was this past year, just how he is with his teammates and everything. I want to uh, just resemble my leadership and uh, kind of my character around life and being that kind of man in the facility. But I think, like physically and everything, I think there's I see some a lot of resemblances of Nick Mullins, who was you know, he was a backup for the 49ers for a little bit, but he's bounced around. He's probably, I think he's been in the NFL for about five or six years, still playing. But so I guess I give you a couple answers, but they model in different ways, you know. Yeah. yeah, I get you. I get you. I like Derek Carr. I like that answer. I like Brady and Nick Bowens. An interesting answer there. I like that as well. Bo, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you hanging out for a minute. Oh, no. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it.
And there you have it. Our conversation with Bo Allen. Really appreciated him coming on the, on the podcast just to kind of talk about different things around the program, you know, how things are progressing through the offseason. Uh, really awesome stuff. Hoping to have him back on the podcast here soon. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. We will be back with a lot of things to talk about on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.